We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nikhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night on We Are Women, Beauty Redefined. I am so excited for tonight's episode featuring pop singer, songwriter, Andy. Andy and I first connected through Instagram when she tagged me in a post wearing my lipstick and we started messaging back and forth and I discovered how cool she was and how what a sweetheart she was. Andy and I had such a great conversation during this episode, not only about the evolution of her singing career, but also about her struggles and triumphs with her mental health. Andy shared her struggles with depression and body image issues that started when she was just a teenager and her journey towards self-love and acceptance. Let me just go back a little bit to tell you about Andy. So Andy first won the hearts of audiences through appearances in the TV show Star Academy and has toured with famous performers such as Demi Lovato, Lady Gaga, and opened for Brian Adams. And her song, Sorry's, co-written by Superstar Pink, also achieved tremendous success with radio stations across the country. Her first single, Never Gone, reached the Canadian Top 40. During this episode, Andy spoke about being diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder, which is a mental disorder that causes dramatic shifts in a person's mood, energy, and ability to think clearly. This medical condition causes a person to cycle through periods of depression and elevated mood, like euphoria, exceptional energy, risky behaviors. Some people with bipolar type 1 will experience psychotic symptoms such as delusions and hallucinations during severe bipolar episodes of mania or depression. A person having a psychotic episode is disconnected from reality. And this was Andy's case. Antipsychotic medication was and is necessary for her. Andy shares how things started making sense once she received the diagnosis and how it took her time to fully accept and be open about her diagnosis. She also shared her struggle to accept herself with her imperfections, how everyone struggles with something, and her journey towards self-acceptance and self-love. Andy also shares the moments she struggled with feeling visible, how she was able to release the way her albums performed from her self-worth, and she spoke about how she worked to love every part of herself and how she's able to work through the hard days. Listen in and be inspired. I was into music really young as a child. I grew up around uh, music, have a family of musicians, and um, I discovered the power of, of music and creating when I was pretty young. Um, I was a happy child. <laughs> um, you know, grew up in the family that loved me and that supported me. Um, I think when I was probably 
10 years old, I asked my parents to um, start singing lessons. <laughs> and I told my parents, when I grew, when I grow up, I want to be a singer. And uh, I eventually started singing lessons. Uh, so yeah, I was a happy child. Um, and uh, it changed a little bit as a teenager. I went into uh, different experiences as a teenager with my mental health. And uh, yes, had to start dealing, dealing with that kind of stuff really young. And um, yeah, that's, that was young Andy. <laughs> right, right. So could we uh, kind of like dive into the, that, you know, the time that you struggled with your mental health? I, I guess let's, let's start from, and I'm just trying to think of like, of how I want this to go um, because we have a lot to talk about. Um, but let's, mm -hmm. let's start with that. What, when did that happen? What would you say was um, the catalyst of that? Yeah, well, as a, as a teenager, I didn't really understand what was going on back then. I feel like nowadays I'm looking back at young Andy and I have kind of more compassion towards teenager Andy. And I understand a little bit more what I was going through, but I basically started to, to struggle with depression and body image issues um, when, I, when I was in high school. Um, and, um, that's, I mean, that's something that, you know, followed me throughout the rest of my life too. I had to, to get to know myself and get to know how to, um, you know, love myself more, accept myself more. Um, yeah, it took it took many, many years and it's still never perfect. You know, you all have those days where, um, it's more difficult, but, uh, but yeah, I think my journey with, with mental health started there, but it go, it went on for, for many years. <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear from you, how you learned how to love and accept yourself. But I also would love to hear, and me, it's really up to you in what order you want to go through this, but you've been, you know, in the public eye, you're a singer, you're a performer, and I can't imagine that that helps the situation, right? The pressures. Yeah, definitely. There's something about performing for people, wanting to be at your best all the time, wanting people to, to, to see you, to love you, to to be proud of you. And, uh, there's definitely a pressure that is harder for some people than others, but I think a lot of artists do have to navigate that. And like, for example, for me, it took many years to understand that this, what this pressure was doing to me. And, um, I think, I, I think everything changed when I, uh, I did a, a television show when I was 21 it was on uh, French Canadian television. It's a very popular show called Star Academy, and uh, it was a, it was amazing, amazing experience. Got to sing with people on live television with Lionel Richie and uh, Jason Mraz, lots of amazing artists. So it was it was it was a great experience. But that year was 20 2012. It was also the year where I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, 
I was, yeah, I was diagnosed with bipolar one with um, some uh, psychotic symptoms. And it was, it was just really confusing because it was at the same time, a really amazing year. But back then I didn't really know what was happening with me. And uh, this was the, my first time being diagnosed. And I was like, oh, okay some things are starting to make sense because throughout my life, since I was a teenager, because that problem, that mental illness is uh, often uh, rooted, like in your teenage years, you start to, to notice changes. And it just kind of made sense to me when I got that diagnosis. So it was, but it was even at the, when I got the diagnosis, it was the start of the work that I had to do after being diagnosed is it's not just oh you get a diagnosis and you get medication it and it's all going to be okay no it's it's um it's a illness that you know takes time and takes time to try to figure it out the yeah the pressure that I was experiencing back in that year was maybe um like something that triggered a, a little bit my 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 struggles my mental illness right I was wondering that yeah and then I'm sure that once you got that diagnosis it must have felt so validating to understanding what was happening with you with you right yeah it's uh it was it was interesting it's interesting because at the same time it's like oh, okay that makes sense I'm not surprise I'm glad to know what was what's going on with me because it's an illness it's not something I have full control over it's not something that is um can be treated either but it can it, it can be uh managed but at the time I still didn't know the work that I was going to have to do in the next few years right right that's so that's so true and and in a way that must be so difficult and in a way you know that it can't be um I, I think you used the word that it could be managed but not treated because it's there forever and in a way I'm sure as you said it made sense you felt this you know this feeling of of, of validation and you know it, it's so interesting that you bring up the pressure part because of course it makes total sense that that would have triggered all the pressure of being you know in the limelight and being a performer and being in the public eye that's definitely going to trigger these really i think any mental any stress is going to trigger any mental health struggles that people mm -hmm. may be struggling with subconsciously or whatever it is um how would you say um this just came to me i'm just thinking you know that you had to work on your self love and your self worth as a public figure while going through the bipolar disorder? It took a little bit of time before I got real with it and started to actually tell people, tell people in interviews, uh, because even though people were, I had a medical diagnosis and people were, um, you know, really supportive when I was uh, going through those things, um, I it took many years before I started to talk openly about certain things that I that I went through, like psychosis, something that is not really talked about that much. Um, and 
I would say most of my twenties, I struggled to struggle to accept, love myself for, for who I am, including all my flaws and my, my mental issues, my mental health issues. But yeah, it, it, it took many years. It's not like, sometimes I still wake up and I'm, you know, you think about those things you went through and there's always going to be there, but there's a long process and to learn to love myself, even though I've been through those things and I have those symptoms, it was a, it was a long process. It took many years to finally be at a place where I can talk to you about that stuff and talk to people around me say well this is what I have and I this is what I struggle with and um, I believe that for me it's this everyone has their own struggle with with things right so for sure for sure would would you say that it took you a while to come you know to, to go public with it and talk about it because you were afraid of what other people would think about you or was it just because you felt like scared or it was you you had to come to terms with it or something else (laughs) I think it's a mix of both I myself for many years would not like I I started refusing medication I was like this is not a this is not something that's going to come back I don't need medication what the first time I I had this this episode the psychotic episode I didn't want to, I told people that I had bronchitis, right? And that's why I missed some rehearsals and shows. Like I just could not, could not be open about this, even though I knew it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I just, I just could not accept that it was my reality, my life, (laughs) me having those issues, but, but yeah. It took me a while. For sure. Was it time that helped you, you know, be more comfortable with it? Or was it something that you did, you know, like some sort of treatment or self-talk or anything that, that helped you? Certain things uh, helped for sure. Different things. Um, I mean, first I, I am medicated for that. I've been taking the same medication for for a few years now and even though I tried to live without it for me it was not really in the cards it was just something I have to do and um you know what I started uh started out as a young artist in my 20s I moved to a a, an amazing vibrant city Toronto I stayed there for for six years in Toronto and I had a life that was a bit a bit crazy you know not a crazy schedule, um, exciting events, ex- playing shows. I, everything is just really, really fast and really intense. And at some point I had to learn how to find some balance, um, find some balance. So I just had to, you know, make some, uh, change, a few changes in my life. But it was also with time and experience and just making mistakes sometimes, you know, and I real to realize that um I wasn't perfect and I had to accept that. 
something that really, really made a big difference was uh, when two years ago, I decided to stop drinking. You know, it's not, it's not the solution for everyone. I don't think, I don't think it is. For me, it was beneficial, especially just to have a bit more balance in my life. And of course, taking care of my body. I do yoga. I do stuff for, for myself. I feel like before I didn't really take time to just do things really for me, for my benefit. And, you know, just like running, running all the time. Okay. Self-care is definitely important. And this is why I said self-care. So that's what it sounded like when, when you're yeah. referring to yoga and taking care of yourself from the outside in really. And I, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned those things in particular, the not drinking yoga, self um, working out, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because, you know, many people do it for superficial reasons, right? A lot of people try to, I'm not going to drink so I can look younger. I'm going to work out so I can lose weight. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we change that mentality and our mindset to how, what can I do to make myself feel good? What can I do to be a better, be more productive as a person and just feel good, you know? Yeah, it's awesome that you're saying that. I really can relate. I don't know if if you had that kind of switch at some point in your in your life, but I personally, yeah, I think before I had lots of body image issues, issues like I said, and it was always like, I'm going to work out, you like is it to be, to be thinner, I'm going to eat this or that to be thinner. Like it was always like looking to improve the outside and that just doesn't work. Event Like eventually it just realized you, you have to take care of yourself, you know, from the, from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, of your soul, you gotta take care of your soul more than, than anything else. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So when I, my first year of college, I came home after my first year of college, sorry. And I had gained a lot of weight and I started working out. And mm-hmm. once I lost the weight, I still kept working out because I realized that I literally felt like a different person on the days that I worked out versus the days that I didn't. I also struggle with really bad allergies, like next level seasonal allergies oh, yeah. all year round. And that it really helps when I work out, do yoga, meditation, not no drinking, like, you know, everything that you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a, as a result of that, of course, we're going to look better because our skin glows, you know, clearer skin, you, you Mm -hmm. you know, we're releasing toxins and you're going to be more fit, but we're doing it because we want to feel good. And that is just, I, I think we have to turn that switch about like, what helps us feel beautiful and confident Mm-hmm. and healthy and happy instead of thinking, you know, what, what is society, how does society, um, see us, how, how can we make society see us as beautiful and confident in all the externals? It's, 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 it's flipping that switch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you feel good and you see yourself as beautiful, that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. I feel like before I quit like two years, it's been two years, but before that I would stop drinking sometimes just, Oh, you know, it's going to make me look better and all that. Two years ago was really a decision I made for my health, my soul. It was a decision for, for just for myself, you know, at that point, it's what my, I feel like it's what my 
my body and my brain wanted for me. So that's, that's what I did. And it feels good. And yeah, it feels good to make those decisions for yourself, whatever they are, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you ever feel pressure, you know, because I'm sure you go to parties and stuff and people are all drinking. So how do you deal with the pressure of everyone else doing something that, you know, it's not great for you. So you're trying not to do. You know what? Like when, when I quit drinking, I wasn't sure exactly why I was not exactly sure how I was feeling about this. I didn't tell myself I'm not going to drink ever again. It's just right now I need this. And I just realized as, as time went by, I realized that when I was seeing my friends, people around me drink, I didn't even want to drink. So I was like, oh, maybe this is the time right now where I'm doing something for me and who cares about what everyone else thinks or what everyone else wants you to do or uh yeah I was just in that zone where you know what I don't I don't want to drink right now I don't want to drink for for a while so um and this this also happened like when I was pretty low this decision I was pretty low as the pandemic I had lost all everything that I was working on was just gone I had to move to another city um yeah it was just it just made sense for me back back then and still does today that's why I'm I'm still doing this <laughs> so not right no I I love by the way that you're saying um well that, that you mentioned about saying something is good for me now for today and I'm gonna do it today because mm-hmm. so often we put this pressure on ourselves right that we're we're gonna stop doing x y and z or we're gonna always do you know a b and c but if we you know, shift our, our mindset to right now, this is working for me right now. This is not so, and, and live accordingly, instead of having that pressure, like once we remove the pressure, it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah, totally. I, I love what you're saying. It's always in now, what can I do for myself now? Yeah. Don't have to think about being the perfect version of yourself tomorrow or yesterday that's gone it's just now what do you feel what makes you feel good what makes you feel beautiful and in I don't like to say in control because I don't think <laughs> I don't think things have to be in control they have to be balanced and you have to be okay with that but um yeah totally just trying to live for for now for today yes Absolutely. For sure. I love that. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, have you ever, you know, I, I feel like a lot of women, especially these days, um, this day and age, uh, feel invisible, you know, for some reason, Mm. have you ever struggled with feeling invisible? Wow. Good question. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think sometimes just, yeah, you want to be seen for, for who you are and, you don't necessarily know how to to be seen um and just end up feeling lonely yeah i've been i've been there just feeling lonely feeling like people don't really i don't know if that's what you mean people don't really get you don't really know the the real you um and feel lonely and feel like oh maybe i'm not maybe i have not as good as I should be. And then people would 
notice, for example, for me and my music, right? There's, you want to, you want to touch people's hearts with your music and you want people to see you and see what you have to say. Um, and some, sometimes it's hard to just be you when there's just, there's a lot of music being done, you know, once and you want to be heard. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Do you, do you have that feeling being invisible? Or? Yeah. I mean, I think that we've all, it's so interesting because I, I feel like kind of like what you're saying, and I want to talk more about that in a minute, but I'll, I'll answer your question um, in regards to like career wise and stuff when you're in different, I think like, for example, on Instagram, right? There are so many companies, so many influencers, so many people out there. Sometimes you feel like, you know, on the, on the, I shouldn't say bad days, but on the days that are not the greatest days, you sometimes feel a little bit like invisible. Yeah. I guess that's the word for it. And like, you just want to be seen for, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For you, I, I could see it more being seen for who you are because you're also like showing a part of your soul because music is the language of the soul. So it's, it's, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think although what you're doing, like makeup, this is, this is another, um, creative outlet, you know, this is also, yes, this is also, this is also art to me. So I think we can, we can relate, um, to each other and yeah, like, feeling invisible it's hard when the word we're living in right now it's a lot about like the views that you have and the likes and the reactions comments it's always about being seen it's always about interacting so I think it's probably hard for a lot of people to just you start comparing yourself you know to to other people's whatever pages and yeah yeah and, for sure but I don't know yeah it's important to let to let this go though and just be uh, be yourself anyway for sure for sure yes um I also was thinking because you you mentioned you know being in the music industry and being standing out and being different so do you ever feel pressured to I think, you know, it's funny, um, and I'll go back to the question in a second, but, you know, I think Lady Gaga is a great example of someone who really went against the norm, quote unquote, you know, what everyone else was doing, and was really herself um, in the music industry, and mm-hmm. now, now others have, you know, followed her in her path and whatever, but um, do you ever feel that pressure to kind of, like, stay the set? status quo and do what everyone else is doing or do you want to stand out more or try to stand out more and be different Mm -hmm. it's uh it's tricky because I feel like I've experienced both I've experienced moments where I I was trying to make something you know to to touch as many people as like as I could like to be be seen and like to fit in a little bit about what was going on in the music world music industry right now and in the end that never really worked for me not that I I, I've released music that I love 
but some of the, the songs or the art that I created in the last few years, I was uh, often re really worried about like thinking of the outcome already as opposed to just focusing on making the craft that you love, making something you love. And I think you're, you're saying Lady Gaga is just, it's a great example. She, she went, you know, she, she pushed, pushed the, her art a little bit more than, than other people, but it's, yeah, it's, for example, like I, I released two albums and my last album, I really love it. I work with amazing people, but for most of the process, I was, I was stressed out about thinking how it, it was going to be, how it was going to be received or about the final result. So I was just, I, it was a stressful process. And I think in the, in the future, I don't want to be stressed about this process. I just want to enjoy it. And, um, but yeah, I feel like I've, I've learned a little bit in the process, but it was, it's kind of hard. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think we all struggle with um, the end results affecting the way that we feel about ourselves to an extent. Mm -hmm. How have you worked on, on that feeling? Because you're mentioning, you know, the end result and the importance of that. So how have you kind of worked on recognizing that you are you, you are the most amazing you, right? You're valuable. You're awesome. You're a wonderful friend. You're a wonderful person, right? The colorful person that you are, right? Versus mm -hmm. the way that your album performs affecting your who your self-worth really mm -hmm. I I had to let it go at some point just let it go I released it I love the work I did and <clears throat> from now on it's just it's not up to me anymore I think a lot of people tell me that's how they feel when they release an album it's just it's yours you're so close to it you're just so emotional about it and you cry and you laugh and so it's a process that's really personal and it can be difficult for some people sometimes it's a very happy process whatever it is when you're done and you show it to people you're it's released well it's it's kind of not yours anymore you know you get, you offer it you give it and to, to the people who want to listen to you and you have to kind of I don't want to say detach yourself, but let it, let it be, let it be what it is. And some people will, will reach out to you and say, it's, it's, they, they like it or they, I don't know, <laughs> you just have to let it be a little bit. Are you pretty much saying that it just, it's, it's about when you release, it doesn't have to be music. It could be anything, you know, that, that yeah. you are so um, close to and, you know, you feel like it's a reflection on you. How do you kind, so are, are you saying that the way that you deal with um, separating yourself from that is, is really just by self-talk and awareness and recognizing the challenge and then just letting go? I think it was, I don't think it, it happened overnight. <laughs> I think it's just to state that I'm in now from, for the music that I release and I'm proud of this. This is what I've I, I've done, I spent a lot of, of, of energy on this and, um, but now 
yeah, it's, I think it, it is a mindset maybe of just offering it to, to people and they, it's for them to, to enjoy now and uh, just to be proud that you did your best on, on something, you know, for sure. For sure. And I think that's a really important point that you brought up, Andy, that thing that it takes time because nothing is an overnight success. No one's an overnight success. You know, even you, mm -hmm. right? Like even in your own, with your own accomplishments, right? Like you were part of a competition and basically you participated in a staking competition. You did really well enough that after people were interested in you and your talents, they recognized it, right? And then, as you said, you got a record label and what, and what else happened? Uh, I got a management. I, I moved to Toronto shortly after the, the TV show. I ended up sp spending six years in Toronto. I'm, I'm in Quebec right now. I know you're in the States. Yes. Right? Yeah. New York. Um, where are you? Oh, New York. Okay. Nice. Um, so I'm in Quebec City right now. Suburbs. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm everything was going really, really fast. I started to work on an album. I released an album in 2015. Things were going pretty well. All, yeah, it was going pretty well. Right, so it had to have an effect on, I think we can't pretend that external success doesn't have any impact on the way we feel about ourselves. Um, I wish it wasn't the case. And if you have any advice, I'd love to hear it, to hear from you. But, you know, I'm sure that definitely helped, helped you out with your self-worth to an extent, right? When you started seeing opportunities come up in front of you. It was, it was great, great. I got amazing opportunities, honestly, when I, when I signed to this label, played a bunch of shows, shows, music videos that an album, everything was going great. Um, I think, although everything was going so well, I think there's still a part of me that probably thought maybe I didn't even deserve this at some point. It was really, um, it was really unstable. Sometimes I just thought that um, I wasn't good enough to 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 be doing all this. Um, and that's after this, this album that I, that I was working on it was when I released this album, that's when I had a, um, another pretty major, um, psychotic break. And, uh, it's when I realized that, cause I had stopped, I had stopped taking medication and I thought everything was going well and turned out it wasn't, wasn't going so well in here, you know, I was just still struggling. And, uh, but yeah, I think a part of me just, even though I was doing a lot of things, working on music, doing a lot of things that I really, really wanted to do. I think a part of me was still, you're still not enough. You're still not doing enough. Still not good enough. <laughs> and that's a thought that was I don't know I think it it took years to to switch to a a more loving self-loving mindset right and did you do that like was that done like, through therapy through through your own you know growth was that 
just to give like tangible, you know, advice and ideas for others who are going through similar things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all for therapy. I think therapy is great. I've, uh, I've had the chance to be followed by a great team because, because of my medical issues, my mental health issues. I was always, um, followed by a psychiatrist and a social worker to help me just figure out how to to live my life basically <laughs> how to live my life and start accepting myself more start loving myself more and um yeah they're just reaching out talking to, to having a something that's great is having a solid network you know either your your family or a great network of uh, really close friends i totally agree right therapy i love therapy F- close friends a family like with, you have it all literally you know those three things um yeah. I, yeah i totally agree with you and i think that people unfortunately well i don't think but you know unfortunately therapy still is a stigma a little bit um but it really shouldn't be because who doesn't you know, who can't use someone who's professionally trained in how to help you work through mm-hmm. your problems in life? You know what I'm saying? It's it's amazing. You just pay them, they do their job, and you know, that's all <laughs> there is to it. Um, Absolutely. How have the people in your life um, positively contributed to the way that you see yourself? Um, wow. Well, I talked a little bit at the, at the beginning of, of having really supportive parents, sisters. They they're amazing. They, my mom has the same diagnosis as me. So obviously they know, they, they know what it's about. They, they're always just very supportive. Um, and my, my husband has been there for me as well for the last, last six years. And he's, um, he's asked a lot of questions and educated himself to be able to understand me and, and and help me it's something that's that we always talk about with that with no you know with no problem gotta keep it open with you gotta have someone or a couple people that you can talk to freely and you know they're they're still gonna be there they're not they're not going anywhere you know they're gonna listen to you totally 100 percent mm. yeah you need people to be there and support you and listen to you. And you also need people to remind you that you're the amazing person that you are, even on those days that you don't feel it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, self-worth definitely comes from the inside, but we know what it's like. We're human. We, you know, we need other people in our lives to help us mm-hmm. get there sometimes. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, for example, like we, my husband and I, as we moved here in last year, but I'm originally from here. So my parents are really close to us. And of course I talk to my husband all the time, but sometimes I go see my parents and I tell them like, my, uh, not having a great day, you know, <laughs> it's not the best day. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, they listen and they're supportive. Yeah, that's wonderful. So let me ask you, so you've shared the stage with many, you know, famous singers like Lady Gaga, we spoke about Jesse J and Demi Demi Lovato. 
was there anything that you learned from them from seeing how they you know interacted or or dealt with stuff because I know it's not like you know Demi Lovato is pretty open about what she's been through so mm-hmm. I I have to say Demi was is impressing me all the time like so much she's a she was able to to get through so much and she's really open about you know some things are not perfect in her life and the fact that she's talking about it so openly um it it helps a lot of people it, it helped me because even when I before I I knew who she was obviously and before I toured with with her but just her her talking about her diagnosis we have the same pretty much the same diagnosis actually it it helped me I was like oh wow like she's able to do what she does and she she's she's successful and she's amazing and it's uh it was really positive for me it was really encouraging yeah yeah it's so nice when you see someone who's doing what you what you're doing and they have the same diagnosis or and like you know similar struggles as you have um it's so inspiring it must have been so inspiring for you to see that yeah yeah totally they're they're living so authentically talking about Demi to me they're they're like just an authentic person showing their flaws and their their successes and that's that's great yeah so let me ask you how have you um, been able to develop self-love for the parts of you that you may not have loved at first you know including you know maybe when people discover that they struggle with you know mental struggles or illnesses they typically they often they often feel like um you know a sense of I'm not gonna say hate but they don't love that part of themselves right so how do you how have you worked to really love every part of yourself wow that's that's really that's it's really important what you're saying because I feel like what I was I was scared to be like broken and when I got this diagnosis it I just thought oh I'm broken like there's something really wrong with me and that's why in the beginning I started medications then I stopped them and I was like I know like I don't need that I'm not I'm not broken and honestly loving myself came after a lot of I don't want to do same mistakes, but a lot of times where I didn't love myself, I didn't, I didn't care for myself enough. And it was just, it was just hurting so much, you know? And at some point, all I wanted is just, I don't want to hurt anymore. I just want to be happy and I don't want to be broken. And it's really when you start to accepting that, well, doesn't mean you're broken because if you're broken well everyone is right we all have we all have parts of ourselves that are more difficult to it can be can be anything right but it it took just years of not loving myself enough to the point where I realized well 
I, I deserve to love myself. I deserve to, to feel strong. I deserve to feel complete. And um, honestly, it, it took years. And some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I, I don't feel that great today. I don't feel that great about myself. But I have more, more tools and experience now to kind of... Um, work through it work through it thank you yeah (laughs) yeah no I love what you're saying because awareness you know acceptance and then utilizing that actual tools that you have at your disposal Mm -hmm. to work through the struggles and yeah as you said 100% everyone has something you know no one no one is perfect and if 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 small little things like this would create broken people then we're all broken as you said so that's that's really important to remember and especially if you are someone who if you're listening to this podcast episode and you're someone who's struggling with a mental illness or anything a physical illness whatever it is know that you're not broken that you're perfect the way you are and as as people we are perfectly yeah. imperfect and and that is the beauty of of life really and recognizing mm-hmm. that and finding your self-worth. And I'm going to ask you this and, and I'll give you, you know, I'll give over my opinion about this, but I think that part of, of, of self-worth is finding the beautiful parts of yourself and recognizing that you are a, an entire being and don't judge yourself on the things that, you know, are considered like imperfect or, or maybe you, they're challenges in your life. Yeah. It's funny you're saying that. It makes me think of something my, my husband told me this week and it perfectly make it makes perfect sense. So I was telling him about, about some like a problem, something that was going on. And he's like, I think I was just wasn't feeling great. And he said, Well, what would you do to like your friend or your sister who would be going through that? Would you like judge them for 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 it? Or you would tell them, You're still amazing. I still love you, whatever, right? So it's learning to treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend, your, your brother, whoever, right. Your partner and developing compassion for yourself, empathy for yourself. I think that's really what that's, what's has worked for me. I think, um, last few years, just being kind to yourself, being patient, patient. And you, sometimes we don't treat ourselves like we would treat someone we love no totally totally I think all too often we don't you know and I I love that I that is so brilliant because when we ask ourselves and this is something that I think we all know but we don't you know apply to our lives all as much as we should is that thinking you know if this was your friends if this was your best friend your mother your sister how would you respond and which is what you just said and that is so fantastic and so important to remember because that can make mm-hmm. all the difference. Yeah. Just want to say it's uh I love the message of, of of the brand and I love that you're all about uh giving back to mental health to eating disorders and and I, I think that's great. I just wanted to say that. Thank like, you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. What is something that you want to give over to the next generation of women? I think we talked a little bit about it earlier, but I think it's so important to 
to learn how to live a balanced life and love yourself and recognize your your strength your your capacities and I think you can do so much more than what you think you can do I think we can always do just beautiful things and uh, sometimes we think we're not enough but we are we always are and it it has nothing to do with um you know your your weight or I think it's just learn like I, I said it before but the most important thing to me is to have patience and compassion for yourself to learn how to to love all of you and feel like you're enough everything you are is already enough and 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 perfect in its own imperfect way so that's yeah. the most important thing I would say I love that thank you <laughs> um okay Andy where can people find you if they want to learn more about you so I am on socials Andy with two e's so a-n-d-e-e uh, official on Instagram, YouTube. I got some music on all the, the different platforms. Uh, my new album that was released uh, last year is called One Plus One Equals Us. And uh, name is Andy with two E's. Wow. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. One plus one equals us. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. I am so excited for this episode. Um, thank you for being so real, so vulnerable and authentic and sharing your story. It's going to be so inspiring for so many women. Thank you so much. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 